Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Poet's Corner. This session is from Book 12, Part 42 of Milton's Paradise Lost. Podcast 66 is entitled Expelled from Eden, Part 2. In the prologue to Book 12, Milton writes, The angel Michael continues from the flood to relate what shall succeed. Then, in mention of Abraham, comes by degrees to explain who that seed of the woman shall be, which was promised Adam and Eve in the fall, his incarnation, death, resurrection, and ascension, the state of the church till his second coming. Adam, greatly satisfied and recomforted by these revelations and promises, descends the hill with Michael, wakens Eve, who all this while had slept, but with gentle dreams composed to quietness of mind and submission. Michael, in either hand, leads them out of paradise, the fiery sword waving behind them, and the cherubim taking their stations to guard the place. In the second part of Book 12, the final book of Paradise Lost, Michael continues to show Adam the future. Michael calls Ham the son of Noah, the irreverent son, because he saw the nakedness of his father. He is cursed to be a servant of servants. Witness the irreverent son of him who built the ark, who for the shame done to his father heard this heavy curse. The world again turns wicked as it was before the flood, causing God to withdraw his presence. Thus will this latter, as the former world, still tend from bad to worse, till God at last, wearied with their iniquities, withdraw his presence from among them and avert his holy eyes resolving from henceforth to leave them to their own polluted ways. The Lord selects Abraham to be the father of many nations. And one peculiar nation to select from all the rest, of whom to be invoked a nation from one faithful man to spring. Him on this side, Euphrates yet residing, bred up in idol worship. Michael is appalled that the world would so quickly turn to evil. Oh, that men, cast thou believe, should be so stupid grown, while yet the patriarch lived who scaped the flood as to forsake the living God, and fall to worship their own work in wood and stone for gods. Michael praises God for calling still another righteous man, Abraham, through whom his chosen seed shall come into the world. We can see the pattern. First, The children of Adam and Eve become so wicked that the earth is destroyed by water. The Lord saved Noah, a man perfect in his generation, and through his family once again peoples the earth, making Noah the second Adam. However, though they were taught by Father Noah, the descendants of Noah become so wicked that they too are rejected. Therefore Abraham becomes the third Adam, a righteous man like unto Noah and Adam, through whom he will send his elect. Abraham was born into an idolatrous family, therefore he is removed and led to the promised land, and is promised that through him will grow a mighty nation. Also, through Abraham's seed, all the earth shall be blessed.
Yet him God the Most High vouchsafes to call by vision from his father's house, his kindred and false gods, into a land which he will show him, and from him will raise a mighty nation, and upon him shower his benediction so, that in his seed all nations shall be blessed. He straight obeys, not knowing to what land, yet firm believes. Abraham is a man of tremendous faith. He will teach his children about the true God. I see him, but thou canst not, with what faith he leaves his gods, his friends, and native soil, Ur of Chaldea, passing now the ford to Haran, after him a cumbrous train of herds and flocks, and numerous servitude, not wandering poor, but trusting with all his wealth with God who called him in a land unknown. Abraham becomes wealthy and moves to the land of Canaan, called the Promised Land. Canaan he now attains. I see his tents pitched about Shechem and the neighboring plain of Moreb. There by promise he receives gift to his progeny of all that land. From Hamath northward to the desert south, things by their names I call, though yet unnamed. From Hermon east to the great western sea, Mount Hermon, yonder sea, each place behold in prospect as I point them. On the shore Mount Carmel, here the double-fountain stream Jordan, true limit eastward. But his son shall dwell to Senir, the long ridge of hills. It is through the blessings of Abraham that all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because through the seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ, the great deliverer, will come to conquer Satan. This ponder that all nations of the earth shall in his seed be blessed. By that seed is meant thy great deliverer who shall bruise the serpent's head. Abraham will bear Isaac and Isaac will bear Jacob and through Jacob will come the twelve tribes of Israel. Whereof to thee anon plainlier shall be revealed, this patriarch blessed, whom faithful Abraham due time shall call a son, and of his son a grandchild leaves. Jacob and his twelve sons leave the promised land because of heavy famine and move to Egypt, which, like Babylon, becomes a symbol for universal evil. Like him in faith, in wisdom, and renown, The grandchild, with twelve sons increased, departs from Canaan to a land hereafter called Egypt, divided by the river Nile. They are invited to come to Egypt by Joseph, the younger son, second only in power to Pharaoh. See where it flows, disgorging at seven mouths into the sea. To sojourn in that land, he comes invited by a younger son in time of dearth a son whose worthy deeds raised him to be the second in that realm of Pharaoh. Jacob dies and his children remain in Egypt. The Pharaoh, who came generations after the Pharaoh who favored Joseph, is afraid the children of Israel will usurp his throne because they have become so numerous. Therefore the Pharaoh enslaves the children of Israel. There he dies and leaves his race growing into a nation and now grown suspected to a sequent king, who seeks to stop their overgrowth, as inmate guests too numerous. Whence, of guests, he makes them slaves inhospitably, and kills their infant males. 
After 400 years of slavery, two prophets come to deliver them from the Egyptians. They are Moses and his brother Aaron. Tell by two brethren, those two brethren call Moses and Aaron, sent from God to claim his people from enthrallment. They return with glory and spoil back to their promised land. However, the Pharaoh is reluctant to let them go because they benefit from their free labor. Therefore, the Lord sends plagues on Egypt. But first, the lawless tyrant, who denies to know their God or message to regard, must be compelled by signs and judgments dire. To blood unshed, the river must be turned. Frogs, lice, and flies must all the palace fill with loathed intrusion and fill all the land. His cattle must rot and murin die. Botches and blains must all his flesh emboss and all his people. Thunder mixed with hell, hell mixed with fire must rend the Egyptian sky and wheel on the earth devouring where it rolls. What it devours not, herb or fruit or grain, a darksome cloud of locusts swarming down must eat and on the ground leave nothing green. Darkness must overshadow all his bounds, palpable darkness, and blot out three days. Last, with one midnight stroke, all the firstborn of Egypt must lie dead. Finally, only the death of the firstborn of the Egyptians convinces the Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go. Thus, with ten wounds, this river dragon, tamed at length, submits to let his sojourners depart, and oft humbles his stubborn heart. However, the Pharaoh changes his mind and with greater determination pursues the Israelites with his army. The Egyptian army is drowned in the Red Sea, while the children of Israel cross the Red Sea on dry ground. It is the first great miracle. But still as ice, more hardened after thaw, till in his rage, pursuing whom he late dismissed, the sea swallows him with his host. But them let pass as on dry land between two crystal walls, awed by the rod of Moses so to stand divided, till his rescued gain their shore. Another miracle follows. God goes before the Israelites in a cloud and pillar of fire. Such wondrous power God to his saint will lend, though present in his angel who shall go before them in a cloud and pillar of fire to guide them in their journey and remove behind them while the obdurate king pursues. All night he will pursue, but his approach darkness defends between till morning watch. Then through the fiery pillar and the cloud, God looking forth will trouble all his host and craze their chariot wheels. When by command Moses once more his potent rod extends over the sea, the sea his rod obeys. On their embattled ranks, the waves return and overwhelm their war. The chosen race then begins their journey to the promised land through the forbidden desert. The race elect, safe toward Canaan from the shore advanced through the wild desert. However, they do not go the straightest route because they are not prepared to enter the land of Canaan. Their faith is not yet strong enough and they are unprepared for war. The Lord keeps them in the desert for 40 years until the first generation dies. Only the second generation, led by Joshua, is prepared to take back the promised land. 
They have lived among idol worshippers for 400 years, and some of them still carry the Egyptian traditions with them. They are led through the wilderness to cleanse their souls and build faith in God. If they entered the promised land too soon, their fear would send them back to the safe servitude of Egypt. Their delay was to give them the opportunity to learn the laws of God, to grow strong and independent, and to learn to depend upon the only true God. Milton is clearly saying that we too must often wander in the wilderness before we enter the promised land. The promised land, of course, has double meaning. One, it is the mortal inheritance of the children chosen of God. And two, it is the eternal inheritance of the children chosen of God. According to the covenant of Abraham, they will inherit both the promised land on earth, now called the Holy Land, and the promised land in heaven, which is the celestial kingdom spoken of by Paul. The story of the Israelites crossing the desert is the story for all Christians who are headed for the promised land, which is the kingdom of heaven, spoken of by the Savior seven times in the Beatitudes. As Peter said, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Not the readiest way, lest entering on the Canaanite alarmed war terrify them inexpert, and fear return them back to Egypt, choosing rather inglorious life with servitude. For life to noble and ignoble is more sweet, unstrained in arms, where rashness leads not on. In the wilderness they will form a government. They will be given a set of laws. They will be taught of Christ. Everything, in fact, will be a type of Christ. This also shall they gain by their delay in the wild wilderness. There they shall found their government, and their great senate choose through the twelve tribes to rule by laws ordained. God, from the Mount of Sinai, whose great top shall tremble, he descending will himself in thunder, lightning, and loud trumpets sound, ordained them laws, part such as appertain to civil justice, part religious rites of sacrifice, informing them by types and shadows of that destined seed to bruise the serpent, by what means he shall achieve mankind's deliverance. However, the children of Israel are not prepared to hear the word of the Lord directly. They are frightened. They reject personal revelation and demand that Moses be their mediator. But the voice of God to mortal ear is dreadful. They beseech that Moses might report to them his will, and terror cease. He grants them their desire. One is reminded of Exodus 20. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. The children of Israel learned that Christ is the mediator as symbolized by Moses. The purpose of the law of Moses is to teach them of the Savior and to prepare them for his coming. Instructed that to God is no access without mediator, whose high office now Moses in figure bears, to introduce one greater, of whose days he shall foretell, and all the prophets in their age the times of the great Messiah shall sing. Thus laws and rites established, Such delight hath God in men, obedient to his will, that he vouchsafes among them to set up his tabernacle, 
the Holy One with mortal men to dwell. By his prescript a sanctuary is framed of cedar, overlaid with gold. Therein an ark, and in the ark his testimony, the records of his covenant, over these a mercy seat of gold, between the wings of two bright cherubim. Before him burn seven lamps, as in a zodiac representing the heavenly fires. Over the tent a cloud shall rest by day, a fiery gleam by night, save when they journey. And at length they come, conducted by his angel to the land promised to Abraham and his seed. Michael now summarizes the history of the Jews. The rest were long to tell how many battles fought, how many kings destroyed and kingdoms won, and how the sun shall in mid-heaven stand still a day entire, and nights do course adjourn. Man's voice commanding, sun in Gibeon stand, and thou moon in the vale of Aelon till Israel overcome. So called the third from Abraham, son of Isaac, and from him whose whole descent, who thus shall Canaan win. The Bible is told in epic format. It is fitting that Milton also chose the epic format to tell the story of the Bible. Milton, a poet, sees the epic story of Adam as the epic story of each one of us who are also on a journey to the promised land. Like Odysseus, we are the heroes of our own story on a long journey traveling from a far country, marooned on this island called Earth, where we wrestle with gods and demons and man and monsters and wild nature, released only by death. We too hear the siren songs. We too are caught between Scylla and Charybdis. We too must struggle between the cosmic forces of good and evil. Among other things, the epic relies upon gods and demons, wars, famines, perilous journeys, the violence of nature, kings and queens, and great battles. The story of man is an epic journey. Each of us isn't Adam or Eve. Each of us anew begins a human race. The story is repeated again and again. Milton appears to be asking the question, do we model our lives after Christ or do we model our lives after Lucifer? Do we follow the spiritual man or do we follow the natural man? Milton clearly favors as our models Adam, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and all those who follow the plan of God. Each of us begins a new generation. Do we teach them to follow God, or do we teach them to give in to the natural man and follow Satan? Milton is saying it is a choice. Please join us next week as we continue our epic journey. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.